Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcasts, uh, 40 for 40. We're doing 40 different podcasts, one for each bowl. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and happy holidays. We're recording shortly after the break. I'm here to begin the segue into the Military Bowl podcast by suggesting that, A, every child should have a drone in America. I'm not saying one with missiles. I'm not saying one with guns. Maybe. Projectiles, at least. Nerf darts. Like, the, when they make the Nerf drone, we're going to get some serious cash flowing into the coffers. Because the Nerf drone is going to change the way that five-year-olds harass their entire family Listen, on ner- Christmas. Nowhere on the package did Nerf say not to dip the darts in poison. I mean, maybe it'll make you feel better if it shoots vegetables. <laughs> it's a heartier kind of pain. <laughs> oh, hey, Holly. Holly, are you on this podcast? Hey, y'all. Oh, hey. So, yeah, my kid's got a drone, and it was hilarious because <laughs> you, should watch, you should watch five-year-old brains try to operate a drone. Question, was the drone flown directly into the nervous dog that isn't very good with kids? Yes, at high speed, mm-hmm. twice. Twice. Was that the five-year-old or the three-year-old that did that? Mm-hmm. Nope, that was a five-year-old. Pretty sure the three-year-old would just bring it in for a smooth landing. Five-year-old? He's, uh, he's going to hit the dog with it. Your three-year-old does have sort of the world-weary look of uh, somebody who's been piloting things for 20 years already. <laughs> yeah, in, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy of Your Family, he's got a kind of a bowl of petunias cast to him. Man, he, he does. If, if it's got rotors, I've flown it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere from Datrang. <laughs> Hump heroin for the woman dong. <laughs> I'm giving your kid a fuck communism onesie. (laughs) Yeah. Like he walks into a bar and some like grizzled old man is like, you saved my life at the Battle of Way City. I didn't save shit, man. (laughs) Look Uh, around you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm free. I'm just here to catch a paycheck, buddy. You gotta post a picture of this kid so everybody knows how not joking we are. When he was born, he looked like Goldfinger for like the first four months of his life. He did, and it was it remains just as imperious. Yeah. It was uncanny. The military bull featuring Navy, appropriately, playing in their home stadium. Because this is no longer at RFK. Remember, that was only the first couple of years. It's at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. It has been since 2013. Uh, Jason, if you were to tell anybody about Navy besides, oh, uh, you know, they run the Flexbone the way the Flexbone should be run, uh, what would you tell them? I would say that, uh, well, they're pretty good, <clears throat> first of all. Bold. They kept they kept their coach. Someone actually wanted their coach, which that doesn't usually happen. Uh, it's a funny thing because their coach is very good, but runs a particular kind of offense, as mentioned, that isn't really going to pair all that well with, you know, most power conference teams, but BYU came court and he said no to his alma mater. He's still around. Ken Lolo remaining on board. Holly, what else strikes you about Navy? Uh, they are super head up about Keenan Reynolds not getting the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Keenan Reynolds, if you did not know, he is their quarterback. He runs the I've triple option. time immemorial. Yeah, this yeah. is his seventh season at Navy. He is uh, Ricky Dobbs' son, I believe. And, and the, that family has held down the quarterback spot for about 20 years now. Mm-hmm. They, I think the proper term at the academy is the old ones. Yeah, he is his second. Yeah, Kenyon Reynolds. If you did not know, uh, by himself scored twenty-one touchdowns. He's the current NCAA leader 
for career touchdowns scored by himself. Of course, a lot of those happen on like, you know, one or two yard sneaks or close goal line plays. So it's not always done in the most glamorous fashion, but you can say this about him. He did it very well. He's run this offense extraordinarily well, and he's going to major in information warfare. I think that's his assignment post-grad. Yep. Yeah. Like information warfare. So he's going to be hacking into the matrix. The other you team say that in a funny voice, but that's his actual job. No, that's his actual <laughs> job. Yeah. Uh, the other team involved here, uh, frankly, not as compelling as Navy, but that's not its fault because, oh, I feel like I have to go to Ryan for this. Ryan, lay it on us. Are you going to make me guess? No, no, no. No, no. We're, okay. just, we're just going to give it to you. It's okay, cool. Pitt. What's oh, up, gross. Pitt? Gross. Bored now. Really? Do you want to talk about the coaching extension? They already gave Pat Narduzzi. Yeah, all right. The deuce is loose. Dude, I mean, so so Pitt. What what did Pitt go this season? A solid mm, eight and four ish. Okay, and and that was enough for some reason to give uh, Pat Narduzzi a two year deal. His contract now with Pitt runs through twenty twenty one. Because jumping into bed with a coach after one year has never ever gone wrong. To be fair, he's a pit coach who didn't leave, so he's, he's basically a lifelong pit man at this point. This, this I want to talk about. Can I talk about Narduzzi for a second? Because mm-hmm. since we just got through uh, fetting PJ Fleck, uh, that's Western Michigan Bowl winner PJ Fleck. I feel like Narduzzi is kind of an underrated sub Fleck in the category of real life crazy person that you really might like if you actually talk to. He's got that. He's got that manic light behind his eyes that suggests that every one of his synapses is a Mission Impossible fuse. And I, I'm really I'm, I'm excited to see him stay at Pitt. And I hope, genuinely hope, weirdly, that he has success because you put a camera on this dude and it's like his eyes pop out of the screen like he's Ren and Stimpy. I file him under the tab defensive coordinators who aren't dumb. So mm-hmm. he's he's part of an exclusive club. Here's maybe here, that's it. He's a defensive coordinator with a personality. Maybe that's it. I just mm. want to say that this season for Pitt, their illustrious eight wins include a four point win over Virginia Tech, a touchdown win over Virginia, a three point win over Georgia Tech and Syracuse, and a loss to Miami. So like, eh, you know, can I counter you on that? You though? can. You can. Uh, I, I, this is. They played, Maybe. they played Iowa close. They played North, North Carolina close. This is yeah, the, and, and Iowa needed a 70,000-yard field goal to put away the Panthers. They did. They needed like eight miles of field goal to beat this team. This is a team, and this may be the most pit compliment ever. They have some real qual- – like the Miami loss is their worst loss. The other three, those are damn quality losses. That's fine. Hey. And if, if, you know, yeah, Pitt won a bunch of close games, but go back over the last decade or so, Pitt, Pitt was Pitt was deserving Pitt some was close due. wins. Pitt was due. That's Pitt was due. I'm just saying, if there is if there is a regression where they they don't win that many close games, don't get mad and don't what? don't don't feel sad. It's fine. I'm going to revert back to my true self now and ask you in response: What's more Pittsburghian than settling for good enough? 